Welcome to Hope Beyond the Badge, a podcast that brings awareness, inspiration, and conversation together for first responders, families, and others interested in mental well-being in first response. New episodes weekly with your hosts, Jay Bailey and Linda Kokoros. Jay is a father, a military veteran, worked in the fire service for 18 years, and carries a diagnosis of PTSD. Linda is a mom, a wife, a certified life coach for first responders, and a suicide loss survivor of a first responder. Let's talk about it. Our guests today are Doug Monda and Raul Rivas. Doug and Raul are here representing Survive First, an organization dedicated to reducing first responder suicide through quality education, peer support, and mental health and wellness resources. Survive First also strives to eliminate the stigma often associated with seeking mental health treatment. Doug is a former undercover narcotics agent and SWAT member. He's worked in partnership with the DEA, FBI, ATF, Border Patrol, and others. Raul worked for the Orlando Police Department, where he served as a member of their SWAT team. He's a recipient of the Florida Governor's Award, has been recognized as SWAT Officer of the Year, and currently sits on the SWAT Roundup International Committee. Raul was also a member of the SWAT team that responded to the Pulse nightclub shooting. His actions on that tragic night earned him the Award of Valor. Doug and Raul have dedicated their lives to helping first responders address career-related mental health issues. Uh, gentlemen, well, we have Raul right now on the podcast. Doug may be joining us uh, in a few minutes or later on. And, uh, but we want to we welcome you. Thank you for coming on and participating in this discussion with us. Linda and I both had the privilege of hearing you two speak at an event that was hosted by a police department here in Massachusetts. And uh, we, we were inspired by your stories and also by where you've placed your energy uh, at this point going forward. Um, so thank you. We want to share that with our audience. If you could please take a moment to introduce yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first, I want to say thank you for you guys having me on. Uh, even well, thanks for listening to us uh, when we were up there in Mass and and, and uh, sitting through. You know, I always I'm always humbled by people listening to us and, and taking the message in. And uh, so, thank you for that. Thank you for approaching us. Uh, you know, and being moved enough to approach us and, and ask us to come on. So, uh, I'm, again, I'm honored and privileged to be on the show with you guys. So, thank you so much. Uh, um, Regular guy. I, I grew up. Uh, I was born in New York. Um, uh, I was. We moved down to Florida when I was nine. So I'm a Floridian. You know, I'm, I've been here for 40 years. So I can't can't uh, not claim it anymore, right? So uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a Floridian. I love it. Love it down here. Um, went, of course, went to school down here, and uh, I went to college up in Rhode Island. Believe it or not, um, oh. joined the Army Reserve. Yeah, yeah. So joined the Army Reserve. Um, did some time at Desert Storm, and when I got out of that, I was kind of like, you know, you need a break from school. You try to get a job, and uh, uh, I was introduced to the cop world while I was kind of in the Army. Not that I was an MP or anything, but people were talking about it. I thought it would be kind of cool. So put some applications and not thinking that, you know, anybody would be interested in me, and uh, I got hired. Like, holy cows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
got hired um quickly just loved it um you know and, and uh had a, a a blessed career i think you know uh got to move around and do things i mean i i, I was uh you know, being a sports guy and and, and my my family and the, and the work ethic, and I was kind of you know put my nose down and worked hard. So, uh, and that's something that you know police agencies are looking for. So I got noticed pretty quick, and I got to move around uh, pretty nice in the in the police department. Uh, and you know, we'll talk about everything else as far as the police department goes. Uh, got a great family, mom and dad still around. You know, uh, we just came mm. back from late. We just came back from a great vacation. Uh, got back, uh, I think it was Tuesday, right, Linda? I forgot what day. Yeah, like, you just you just got back from Greece, right? <laughs> yes, yes, oh, yes, nice. ma'am, yes, ma'am. So I just got back from Greece, which was just amazing. Uh, you know, I got a great sister, brother-in-law, and uh, extended family from there. So, you know, I'm uh, I'm blessed in that way. So, yeah, I'm just a regular guy living here in Orlando, Florida. And can I just uh, chime in on that? That his family, um, your family, your mm, wife's yeah. family. Your family in Greece? My family. Uh, oh, do I have family in Greece? No, no. Okay. We just, so it's kind of cool what we do as a family. It's 15 of us that went this time. Uh, every other year, we do a big vacation. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, this was a big one, of course, a couple of years ago. Where the hell were we a couple of years ago? We've been to Hawaii, you know, we did, did Europe, uh, Italy, uh, London, and I forgot in France we did one year, you know, but yes. every two years we kind of do that. So we'll talk about it. Now we, we got two, we may be going to Africa or uh, Japan in a two years, but wow. we start planning it now. So everyone not say planning it. We start like saving money now. So this way you got two years to kind of get your money up yep. for that trip. And then a year out, we'll start planning it, right? Yeah. You've already kind of saved money for two years. So this way, when we go and when we get back, you know, there's no financial burden because, you know, you kind of been paying it for it for two years. So that's kind of how we do it. And, uh, and, and then the, uh, and the other years, we just kind of everybody goes on their own to whatever little vacation they want to go to. So that's mm. kind of how we do it. So Greece was a big one for us. It was a uh, we actually went to Venice, Italy and then cruised from there down to Turkey, Croatia, Croatia and Greece. And, you know, however many ports we did, we ended up in Athens, mm. Greece a few days down there kind of seeing those sites. So amazing vacation that, you know, it was, it was cool. So, yeah, yeah. we're, we're heading out myself, and my husband, um, in October, um, for a, uh, I think maybe 10 days. Um, but we're starting off in Rome and then, yeah. um, doing all the Greek islands and stuff like that and ending up in Athens too. He has family, he's Greek. So he has a lot of family over there. And, um, so we plan on meeting up with some of the family too, but, I've never been on a cruise, so I'm like not like I'm not looking Very, forward to yeah. that part no, of it. You know, the boats are so big, you you, you kind of forget you're yeah. on, on them. At least I do, you know. And until you look out, you know, and the, the water, you know. But uh, outside of that, you just kind of forget you're on the boat. Um, and the we we want celebrity cruise lines, and uh, I'm giving a plug to celebrity here. Uh, <laughs> it, it was cool, uh, you know. We, I mean, we my my sister. And a good friend of family, they plan everything. So it was, uh, you know, every day we were going somewhere, you know, when we yeah. stopped in San Marini, we were off the boat and we were, you know, we were going and uh, I kept Rhodes, Greece, Santorini, I forget all the damn ports, but it was cool. I, I, we had a great time. So you're going you're gonna to love it. You're going to love it. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, let's get in and, and chat, Ben. Thank you for sharing with us a bit about your fam- family and uh, <laughs> your extended big family that you go with. Yes, I think that's have. really, really cool, right? Staying connected with the family, two years planning, a, yeah, a nice yeah. big vacation. You can start looking at pictures. This is where we're going to go. And then right, leave the start right. to save until a little bit later on, right? Um, but thank you for sharing all of that. It's really nice chatting with you. So... Jay, Jay mentioned a little bit a while ago that, you know, we, we saw you at a, a workshop in, in one of Massachusetts. It was out in Westford, Mass. Um, I remember it very well um, because you were up first. Um, yourself and Doug um, sort of like a partnership in sharing your stories there. And it was a packed house with police departments from all over and, and fire departments. There was lots of different agencies there from all over. And we were very privileged and honoured to be able to attend um, that workshop. One of the things that um, I did notice is that you made me jump in my chair. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> you made me jump like because you have a very forceful like um, military when you're in those workshops, right? You you're very in in your face sort of type of thing, right? To get your point across because mental health and and what you guys go through and when you're sharing your stories, it's not all, you know, roses. But I remember going, whoa, he's like, this guy is like full of it. Whoa. Like it was like, oh, <laughs> uh, he's like there. And um, yeah, so I just remember that very well. There's many, many things I remember about your story and I, I will get into as you as you share it. And, um, you know, I can I can resonate with that. Share with us um, about going back to you as a beginning as um, a, a young police officer, like right, getting out of um, the reserves, right? And was that something, do you think, that you were drawn into, called into? Like you said, I put in an application, right? And I got hired. Um, yeah. And very quickly, you know, and it, for, for our listeners that can't see him, he's like this big, like he looks like a military guy, you know, big clean cut fit, healthy, um, big military guy. So is, is that something that you always wanted to do after, you, you know, you get out of the reserves? I wanted to help people. Um, so I, I didn't know the police was the thing yet, if that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, serving people, serving in the military, I kind of knew I was going to do that. You know, I, I knew I was going to, I wasn't sure how, you know, uh, uh, you know, I was actually thinking that I'd be in some type of management, hotel industry, service, some type of service industry, uh, you know, in that way. Uh, again, and, I, and maybe the military, I might have, you know, the military was was also an option of being a full-time thing for me. You know, I, I definitely went into the reserves thinking this may be, a, you know, a full-time gig mm-hmm. for me doing the military thing. Uh, uh, it, it was in the military that, Again, that the police, I, I, I didn't think about that, you know, uh, by myself. You know, somebody kind of put it in my head and I was like, ooh, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, what, what better way to help um, than that? And uh, I just, you know, not knowing what I didn't know, you know, I, I got out and I, you know, looked at the requirements and I, you know, okay, I kind of meet the, the, the minimum, you know? So I just, I put the application in, uh, and I, I've got no other way to say it, but I mean, I, I think that the, the, uh, in the Academy, I was just, I was just falling in love with it. 
you know, I just kind of was like, man, this is, this is, this is where I, I want to be. Yep. I'm, I'm really digging this, you know, and that's where it kind of took off for me is, is academy, uh, field training. I mean, so I, I joined very young. I was, I was 21 when I got, uh, sworn in, wow. I turned to like a month later. Um, and I never forget the, the, the day I turned 22, I was actually on the street. At midnight, you know, when I'm turning 22, I'm on the street taking a burglary call, you know, wow. <laughs> in an old lady's house. And I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm doing on my birthday, you know, yeah. but, I, but I, <laughs> I absolutely loved it. I mean, I, I just thought it was great. So I, I fell in love as I was kind of going through it. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Do you think the academy, um, like, was the structure, like, from the reserves in the in the military, right? So yeah, yeah. was it that, that structure? Military- because yeah. I love the military thing too. Like, so when I, when I went to the military, I was doing the reserve thing. Uh, I basic training was cool for me. I, I had a good time, you know, and, and, and that's weird. that People don't say that, but I had a good time, you know, basic training, yeah. uh, 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 you know, AIT, which is the school that you go after basic training. I had a good time, you know? Um, so going, going to the uh, Academy, which is a paramilitary type setup for us, um, you know, I had a good time. And what we were learning and what, we were, what they were telling us we we're going to be doing, I was like, that's even better. I mean, that's great. You're going to give me a gun and a car and I can drive fast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you wow. It was like a, a was like yeah, Christmas yeah. all in one, right? But it was. It was. <laughs> you know, I get to drive fast and, and, I, and I get to touch them lights over there, the red and blue ones. I can touch them and I can yeah. <laughs> so that was, you know, it was all, you know, the kid in the candy store type thing for me. So, yeah. and you, you, you know what I'm talking about. So. Yeah. I can, and I can catch some bad guys at the same time yeah, while I'm doing all of that. Bad guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. I've heard, I've heard like so much from like other interviews that we've done from police officers, like about the, those very similar type of stories of getting out of the academy and we're like, we're going to like save the world. Let me yeah. at it. Bring it on. You know? That's what happens. The academy, you know, you think they, they, uh, I, you know, I'm one of them guys who got to got work hard, you know, to kind of retain stuff. So, um, you know, I put a lot of work in the academy when it came to learning the, the laws and the policies. So, I, you know, I, and I know that about myself. I'm, I'm one of them guys when I, when I do anything. I, I've got to prepare one more hour than the next guy just to, yeah. to make sure I'm, I'm yeah. comfortable and if I don't do it and I'm not comfortable and it's not, you know, just so anyway, uh, I put a lot of work. So yeah, when you came out to the Academy, I was like, man, this is great. I mean, I can, I get it. And, and I can enforce these laws and I can stop the bad guy from doing, you know, the bad stuff, whether it be yeah. robberies, you know, you know, I would, of course your mind goes to, you know, I'm going to catch a serial killer, you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was ready for all that. I, mean, I really, you know, I really, jumped in with it and was ready to go. And, and, and that's, and that was my attitude when I got to the street, uh, you know, uh, they put me in the worst sections of town. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, some of the worst neighborhoods in the city of Orlando. And I, I, you know, I went running, you know, and, and I was, uh, and the drug thing was pretty big back then, of course, the crack cocaine and the cocaine. And, uh, that was, that was a big deal back then. And that side of town I was on. So I was running and gunning, just getting all kind of dopers off the street. Wow. Um, you know, best way I could. So, and that was just, you know, again, kid in the candy store. I mean, it kept me busy. I mean, I, I remember getting to work 
And when the next time I look at my watch, like six, seven hours had gone by. Cause I'm just going, you know, just going yeah. from either call the call or just proactive stuff. I mean, it, this was no time. And, you know, to, to even eat was a 15 minute deal. You know, I was scarfing wow. stuff down. I had to go. It was, it was, and, and I loved it, you know, being a 22 year old kid and, and that kind of stuff going on. I, yeah. I was, it was the yeah. best thing. Yeah. It sounds like you were in your element. For sure. I, I, I found my element. Yes, yeah, man, yeah, I yeah. Did. You found yeah, your element. I did. You want to you you chime in? Um, yeah, I love listening to this. I can relate to a lot of what you're saying in terms of uh, finding that, you know, that love of service, of selfless service. And uh, for myself, uh, the camaraderie that I found in the military was, was something that I realized was very important to me, something that I wanted in my life. And, uh, and then I found that in, in the fire service as well. And it, it sounds like you found it. Um, in law enforcement. So after running and gunning um, for the first little bit, when did SWAT come into your life? How did that opportunity present itself? I know that uh, eventually you, you became someone who was very distinguished in, in the SWAT world. Um, how did that door uh, yeah. open for you? SWAT was, uh, you know, I first first probably four or five years, man, like I, uh, three to five years, um, you know, I barely saw them. Okay. You know, I heard about them, you know, but I didn't really, I was happy, you know, and, 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 and uh, the way it is at OPD for most is, uh, you know, you got to put some years in before you can do anything. Mm-hmm. They, they definitely watch you and they're watching how you're working, mm-hmm. you know, can you learn, you know, what's the yeah. work ethic, you know, or, you know, that, and that kind of thing. So uh, that was my mindset, just kind of putting my head down and working really hard. Uh, I, I was fortunate enough to, to go undercover on a task force, um, and when I was, when I got that, just, just as I got that was when I started kind of learning about SWAT and back then, you know, I'm old. So I came back, I came on in 92. So, uh, back then when you get onto a task force undercover, you were not allowed to be on SWAT. Mm. So I did three ish years of, of, uh, undercover. And when I got out of that, I was free, you know, yeah. <laughs> so I tried out for SWAT. So I was, uh, I was eight years in, okay, eight or nine years in before I got on SWAT, you know, and, uh, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me backtrack. I forget. just before I got on undercover, like at my five year mark or so, um, I did try out for SWAT knowing I wasn't going to make it, but I kind of wanted to see it, you know, okay. what yeah. the tryout thing was like, and it was, it was everything they told me it was going to be. It was hard as hell. <laughs> so yeah. I knew it. So what was good is that, you know, then, you know, almost four years later, uh, when I tried again, I had a better feel of what, you know, what I was going to be seeing. So, mm-hmm. and, I, and I got on the team at, at that time, you know, and, uh, and, you know, SWAT was just, uh, that's one of the ultimate goals, I think, for people. Um, if you want to be the, the tactical best of the best, that's where you go. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to be the the best of the best detective, you're going to go to homicide. You know, that's that's where that's where you that's the end goal, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, and that's kind of, and if you want to be the the, the the just the best sex crimes guy, you know, you, you got to go to SVU to do that. You know, and and, and that's so there's there's paths that way, and so I took the path to go to SWAT, and that was uh, one of the things I did. So, uh, you know, lucky and humbled to be on that. Uh, we uh, we have a saying that it, it, it's harder to stay on the team than it is to get on the team. So mm-hmm. uh, once you get on, that's when the work begins, and and people don't realize that. But you know, we trained our asses off on SWAT, um, and, and I loved it and, and the camaraderie. 
camaraderie is great in the police department. Com- camaraderie is great in the specialized units, but the camaraderie on the SWAT team is second to none. Wow. Second to none. Wow. Yeah. When you say, um, Raul, um, you know, we trained, trained really hard, like, you know, not only hard to get on there, but hard to stay on there. What, what do you mean by training, like physical training or tactical training or both? Both, both, always both. Um, you, you gotta, you, you gotta be in shape and, you, and, you, and your mind's gotta be sharp. We call it, uh, we're a team of free thinkers. Um, and what that means is, I think I may have said this in my presentation, whether you've got three months on or you got 30 years on the SWAT team, if you know the solution, speak the hell up. Mm. Yes. We want everybody to be free thinkers. So, cause we're not gonna, a 30 year guy needs to have enough sense to listen to the three month guy that says, Hey, this is the way we can do this and do it safely and we can win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we're doing what that guy just said. Right. So, um, we have to be tactically sound and physically sound because, you know, they, they go hand in hand, yeah. you know, we can have a, we can have a brute and, and give them a hammer, but you know, if you know how to use it, yeah, you know, what's, right. So we want to make sure we have a, a good balance and, and, uh, most teams do. I, I'm going to brag on our team. We have we have a, a world class team, uh, um, and we show it day in and day out. And they still do now. I'm proud to call them. Still, my, my brothers right now, and we keep in touch. And they're, they're a world class team. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. wow. I can hear it in you, like your pride and passion. Um, yeah. You know, it's just coming from you when you when you're talking about it. And still, like as if you're active. Like, yes, you yeah, are yeah, active, yeah. right? Still. Um, <laughs> You oh, know, my guys, I mean, they did yeah. involved in some stuff here. They, uh, we had two uh, OPD officers shot. Um, it was just before I left, so let's say about a month ago or so. And uh, they were involved in having to catch the bad guy and having to shoot him. And, you know, I, I you know, when, when it's going on the TV and, and, and you see it, you know, my heart is just, I, you know, you want to go help. You want to go and, yeah. and, and you get you want to make the phone calls right there, but you know, they're in the middle of it. So, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to bother it. So yeah, I, I feel all of it, you know, and uh, cause those, those are my brothers, you know, so we, we feel all of that. Yeah. So Jordan, that time we're hoping on the badge, right. And, um, we, we talk about like mental health or emotional struggles, um, in first response, um, trying to make it easier for first responders to be able to talk about mental health within their departments or if they're struggling right without feeling, judged and especially in law enforcement right um you know you go and and talk to your administration about what your maybe that last call that you were on um and 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 they won't do it because fear of losing their gun right or being taken off the job um so i think that you know being on the SWAT team mentally um you had to be sharp right that's what that's sort of the way you described it you had to be sharp um how do you like? Uh, I'm trying to start to break the two of them separate because, you know, you're on patrol, right? And you're and you're a police officer. Be, and before you made it onto SWAT, was there was there things as a police officer that, um, you know, might have affected you that you never talked about or that you saw within the department that might have affected others, but it was just go along with what was the norm that you you saw within the department. And then we'll, we'll talk yes, about it as well. Uh, so, you know, I always, uh, I hear a lot of people saying that, that, that the, uh, the stereotype back in the day was suck it up, but a cup, that's, that's mm-hmm. the, the hearing I always say, that yeah. the, the saying that I always hear from people, excuse me. And I didn't even hear that. 
like my the culture at OPD was we just didn't talk about any of that. Mm. We just didn't talk about it. They didn't say suck it up. They didn't say hey, we just didn't talk about it. So if you had a bad call, you may joke on it. Mm-hmm. But we didn't say, man, that was that was a real bad call. Mm. You know that that I, I need a minute just blow that out. You know, I, I, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm holding back tears here. Give me a second. You know, we, we didn't say any of that. Mm-hmm. We didn't, we didn't ask the question about, are you okay? We, none of that was asked in my day, um, an OPD. Uh, I didn't know that we had a CISM team for 15 years. Wow. Are you kidding me? Wow. Uh, it was there. I know, I know from talking to the guys next to me that it was mentioned. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they didn't, they didn't they didn't mention it, but it wasn't like kind of I don't want to say it had to be in our face, but it just we didn't as in, and the people around me we did not talk about stuff like that. We just didn't. Yeah. Mm. So we what did you do? Did. So what did you do when you had that bad call and you just needed a minute? What did you do? I, I, there was no need a minute. We just we just didn't do that, Linda. I mean, we, you know, and, and I, I'm not trying to be uh, different. We just didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I did. You know what I mean is that we had the bad call, and I went to the next one. Yeah. You no, know, and uh, I didn't. I didn't deal with any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. You know, and and we know now. I know. I know now. You guys know now that that I'm just I'm filling the trash can up. Yes. So at some point, it's going to explode, right? But yeah, I did not deal with any, I never talked to anybody about anything negative that happened on this job around me, around people, or, you know, anything negative. I would bring humor out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I could, you know, and, and this is the, 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 our warped sense of, of, you know, uh, humor, but, uh, you know, I can go to a dead baby call and then I'll come out and I'll come out with a joke, you know, not right then and appropriate later on, I'll be joking about it. We'll find some kind of humor and mm-hmm. the, the tragedy of dead babies. And that's horrible, but maybe that was my way to deal with it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But I never said like, man, that was horrible never said that never did um and you know i'm gonna fast forward a little bit here and you stop me but uh you know it wasn't until see 2017 in my 20 my 23rd year trying to do math here i'm sorry that's okay (laughs) My my 22nd my 23rd year is when i finally you know, I finally exploded. Yeah. Wow. You know, and uh, uh, and it was it was all you know because of uh, basically not dealing with coming up on a child that you know was involved in a, in a car crash and died in my arms. That's that's the one that bothered me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's, that's the, the straw, you know, that broke the camel's back. Right. So, yeah. um, and I didn't deal with that one either. It wasn't until, you know, I was spiraling out of control 
from you know that again that, that that straw broke the camel's back i'm spiraling out of control and my father puts a foot in my ass and that that's kind of what turned me around but i don't, I don't know i mean i i know what i want to do i'm not sure about you know I, I feel like i'm jumping ahead here i'm sorry but uh i know i got to the point where i was done with the life this life mm-hmm. you know i i, I knew i was going to get myself killed I was planning on doing that. Mm. Um, and the what the only reason, cause this is another thing that as a, as, as you start spiraling as, and, and I knew something was wrong. Like, no, I, I, I knew that, that I wasn't right. I knew things I was changing. I knew it years before you noticed it. Noticed it. Yeah. I noticed it. I just thought I was getting older and being a stubborn bastard. You know, I, I you know, <laughs> and, and I just thought, yeah, I just yeah. thought it was a mean son of a bitch. And I, I, you know, I just, I thought that was me, you know? So, um, I noticed stuff that was, you know, was wrong or I was changing. That's a better way. So I knew I was changing. Yeah. Um, but uh, I didn't, when I was uh, trying to get myself killed and, and, and I finally had made a decision I was going to do that, um, I finally made the plan. Mm-hmm. Wow. And when the plan didn't go right, that's when I started spiraling real bad. Wow. You know, I had to kind of figure out another plan because, you know, I'm, I'm weird. I don't know if I'm weird, but... Uh, I never had the inkling about taking my own life. I, I wanted to get it, somebody to do it for me. Yes. You know, and I, I, I you're going to put yourself in a position yeah, that yeah, you were going to get killed or hurt or whatever. Easy, it was pretty easy for me to do that. You know, um, I, you know being, I was on the Marshall's uh, task force as well. So, every day, you know, we're going for homicide and armed robbery suspects, you know, we're looking for a guy that killed uh, Lieutenant Deborah Clayton. And that's, that's another one of the triggers that was just horrible that I speak about in my presentation. So, um, you know, and, and that's a, and that's, that's a simple trigger too, because that, that, that shouldn't, I think back about this all the time. Uh, Deborah Clayton gets shot and killed. She's a lieutenant on our, on our uh, agency. Um, in the midst of her, uh, in the midst of trying to, the man not trying to find the guy that killed her, uh, we went to a church and God's just asking questions. Mm. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when I, made the decision that I'm going to do this. I'm going to go ahead and end my life, you know, and, and, you know, we're looking for a murderer that just shot a cop, shot his pregnant girlfriend. He'll kill me. Yeah. Pretty oh. easy. I'll just so that, op- was, that was my, my thought process. And that's, that's what didn't work. Yeah. I'll just open you know, myself was, up for this to happen. Put I'm myself sorry? in the, I'll open myself up for this to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Instead of absolutely. protecting, you know, yourself and guarding yourself and everyone around you, I'll I'll put myself out there. I was doing some reckless shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds you like know, it. uh being a being a a a leader on the SWAT team, uh being a leader on the Marshals Task Force, I've got some say. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. got some influence. Uh, I'm gonna be number one going through the door. 
you're going to yeah. be here. I, I can put people where I want. I can, I can wrap it out in front to make sure there's a gap between me and the next guy. So I, I, I was, I got pretty detailed with it. I was trying to wrap it out, get killed and give enough space for the guys behind me to kill him. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was my plan. So, um, and I would, I was doing crazy shit and the, the, and this weird how this works, but I'm doing crazy shit and it, and it was working. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm getting applauded for trying to get killed, you know, and, and again, uh, all this is going on in my head and I know things are going wrong, but man, you know, I, we are the best actors, you know, nobody around. Oh, me yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Good yeah. hiders. Yeah. Yes. Secretive. Yeah. Yes. Don't share it. We can we can bullshit with the best of them, you know. So, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I uh, nobody knew what was going on. Going on. Uh, my dad saw something changing in me. There was one person on my squad that, you know, I kind of felt like he was looking through my soul. Like he kept asking Ooh. me, "Am I okay?" You yeah. know, and I was like, "Yep." Why? You know something? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's one guy in my squad that I think kind of knew something was wrong. Like he saw some, you know, and we talk now, we're good friends now. And, uh, but he kept asking me. Now, was that based on your, your behavior on scene or was it based on, on your, your personal demeanor do, or do, do you know? What I you think it was personal demeanor. Yeah. 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 Cause, uh, he, so he was a leader as well. So we actually ended up kind of splitting uh, okay. teams with go do stuff right so um it was demeanor that he saw that that was a, a you know an indicator to him that something was wrong um mm-hmm. i think if he'd seen more of the tactics he probably would have picked up on that he's extremely savvy he's a really smart guy so yep. he probably would have picked up on that mm-hmm. yeah he just he doesn't get to see it yep. you know so yeah. Yeah. And through all that you were still considering the welfare of, of your team members and making sure you were setting them up. And I think as I'm listening to that, um, and, and thinking about leadership and the culture of first response and, and all of that, I'm just o- overwhelmed by that. Uh, and I think it speaks to your core. I think it speaks to the core of, of um those men and women that, that are called to service and, and that find themselves in their element and elevate elevating to to leadership positions and even though it's it's a um you know it, it's a story of trauma right but like that part right there I, I really admire that and I wanted to make sure I said that uh the whole thing's very interesting and I'm wondering if along the way like you know we hear that you you began your career and um you know you knew that you had arrived and you were a very excited young man um and and you wanted to do good work and uh, then as time went on, that gallows humor, you know, it snuck in, which is so common and it, and it does work, right? Like it's not yeah. a solution, yeah. but it, it works in the moment where boom, that pressure relief valve goes off and we can focus on, on the next, what's next. What do we, what do we got to do? Um, you know, and I'm wondering if, if you could feel that transition in real time, uh, where these things began to take on a sense of overwhelmment and when you got to the point of putting yourself in difficult, uh, you know, dangerous situations, uh, behaving recklessly, um, and how complicated that must have been. But, but when you got there, could you see your old self? Like, was there any part of you that went, I can get help for this? Um, I remember when I had a different perspective. It just wasn't, or it just wasn't there. 
Yeah, man, good question. Uh, I don't, I don't know when. I think it for me. I think, I think for most, it kind of happens gradual, right? You, you, you go from being uh, bright eyed and bushy tailed to, yep. you know, whatever you want to end up at. You know, at the end of a twenty five year career, I don't know what you mm-hmm. want to, but you know, being dark and and kind of looking at the world a different way, right? So. Uh, and in and, and that same uh, in that same light, when that when that happens, it, I call it my mind getting twisted up. Yeah. Um, when my mind got twisted, uh, he's relating with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear I can hear him breathing cool. like over here, yeah, heavy, yeah. and it's like, oh, he's relating with this. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I because you, you mentioned the pressure valve thing, and, and that, that's I'm gonna come back to where the, the twisted mind, but the pressure valve is exactly what I always say is uh, that the humor just kind of reminds me of pressure valve, just kind of lets off a little bit, you yep. know, not you're not dealing with anything, just a little bit to kind of. Just take the edge off for a second, but it's still there. You know, you're mm-hmm. not really dealing with it's still there. So that that so when you said that I'm I'm over here relating to him, like, yeah, yeah, I got yep. <laughs> so uh but yeah, the twisted mind, I, my mind got twisted and uh I don't I could not see a way to get help mm-hmm. without ruining everything. Yeah. I just I just knew that and this is just a twisted way of thinking right and that's where my mind got but i knew the time i raised my hand everybody from the mayor chief all the way down to the newest recruit was going to know you know and then more importantly those people that i mentored the the people i'm a leader and look up to me they're going to know yeah i'm going to lose my spot you know, on the SWAT team, I'm gonna lose my my stature. I'm gonna lose my spot in the U.S. Marshals Task Force. You know, uh, uh, and again, my reputation that you work so hard, I'm gonna, that's just gonna go to shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then uh, that's just the work side. Yep. I, I thought if I raise my hand, my dad's gonna look at me like just weak. Mm-hmm. But if I raise my hand. My family would look, I'm the SWAT guy. I'm the strong guy. I'm the guy that people can come to. And the family setting too, I'm the, I'm, I'm the dependable one. You know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm sound and, you know, so all that's going to go away. I'd be, the, I'd be the weak guy that, that can't handle the shit, mm-hmm. you know, and, on the family side. So uh, uh, my mind was twisted there. I just knew if somebody found out what I was thinking, if somebody found out I would ask for help, I'd lose it all, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I, and I, that becomes a big, you know, again, twisted mind, that becomes a big deal. Like you can't get, you can't get past that. And until you, until you stop giving a fuck what everybody thinks. Yeah. Yep. Hard to get that help, you know? And, uh, and, and that's when you, you finally get to that point, you know, my, my, my dad put it, you know, his foot in my ass, uh, what do you mean by that? Say, explain that. What your dad put yeah, in your yeah, foot? Yeah, yeah. So say that uh, to us. Yeah. So, um, my dad seeing, you know, he was seeing me spiraling. You know, uh, the, the 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 drinking, the uh, the and the, the uh, angry outbursts. You know, um, just just going off the drop of a hat, not 
being me, not not coming around, you know, or just, just those those type things. And 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 uh, uh, he confronts me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something's wrong, mm-hmm. you know. And, and uh, I basically tell him to go to hell. You know, what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, uh, and and he doesn't he doesn't back off. Mm-hmm. I don't back off, and and you know, it ended up being a real bad situation. Um, and I put my hands on my dad and, you know, I already told you we have a very tight family. So for that to have happened, it's just not me, not us, not, that's not how we, and that was kind of my breakdown there. And, and I, you know, I just, uh, I think right then I was kind of like, that didn't give a shit about anything else. I needed to get some help. Mm. And, and it's weird. Cause you know, I, I just thought that, okay, just, you know, my mind went, okay, I'm, I'm going to go do this. And, and I've had a great, you know, 20 something year career and, and this is going to be it, you know, and I'll, I'll didn't know I'd be able to, you know, go start getting some help and still be able to work. Yeah. You know, and that, that, well, uh, you know, I, at the beginning of it, going through some of the treatment uh, and, and, and talking to a therapist, I, I, kept waiting for that shoe to, you know, drop, you know, it took, took a while for me to get past that thinking, you know, but, yeah. uh, yeah, my, my father, uh, you know, he was instrumental and, you know, my father's a Vietnam vet, uh, he suffers from PTSD himself. Uh, he's a disabled Vietnam vet. Um, so, you know, he, he, uh, you know, I takes one to no one, right. So he could see, he could see in me what he's, you know, seen in himself years ago so that that that's what kind of saved me so yeah yeah wow. yeah wow is is right jay um i had it written down there like family you know before before you had brought in anything about your family um you know you you had shared that you know i was the dependable i'm a swat team and i'm you know i'm doing all of this and i'm the tough one and the dependable one and i'm the one that people go to right for help and uh, a resource and and the whole thing and I, I just wondered like you know your wife um and your kids like where do they I mean if if you're a first responder and you're struggling right you might not be admitting it that you're struggling but all of these behaviors are coming out as you said with the alcohol the outbursts the anger all, all of the acting totally irrational um you know around making you know decisions not making good decisions right even uh for yourself like how did your family yeah. fit in how did they um you so know get through I, all of I'm that div- yeah i'm divorced uh you know I, I absolutely ruined my marriage right and i i go back and i i look at you know through therapy and everything and i kind of look at the timing of yeah i mean about five years before i was uh five years before we got divorced is when i just started you know my, my change started happening and, and we've, we've gone back and kind of looked at it and I'm like, she's, you know, and I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And she didn't yeah. know what she didn't know. And I didn't know how to you know, say it, you know, and yeah. she didn't know what the hell was going on. And, and I was, I was an asshole, you know? So, um, so we got divorced and I, I, I am thankful now and like, oh, we've got a great relationship. So uh, real good about that. Uh, my son was eight when we were divorced. Um, He's, uh, he's about to be 22 in November. So, wow. um, he, uh, 
when things kind of went really bad for me, he was 14, 14 turning 15. Uh, I had, that was probably one of the second toughest day in reference to me and my son. First one being letting him know that me and mom were, were splitting up. That was a tough one. Uh, then, the, you know, to come to him after I'm starting to get therapy and telling him that, uh, hey, dad had some bad thoughts in his head. Mm-hmm. And this is what's been going on. And for him to sit back and tell me I knew something was wrong, mm-hmm. that just floored me. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> he, uh, the kids know. Yeah, they, you, do. you think you can, you know, I, I, you think you hide it. You think you can, you know, but they feel it. They know they can sense it, you know, and, uh, and my son knew he knew something was wrong and, and, and you know, for, for at least a couple years, I had my son worrying about me more than a son's supposed to worry. Yeah. You know, I, I put extra shit on him that he should have to deal with. And so that, that was, a uh, yeah, it takes a toll on them, mm. you know, and you don't, you don't, even after therapy, I didn't, you know, it wasn't until I was kind of told to talk to him. Uh, I didn't think I had, I had affected him at all. I thought I did a really good job, but you know, my acting job was good. I kept that away from him. Or was I, was I wrong? Mm. Yeah. Takes yeah. some, some, some effect. Absolutely. On, on all families, right. Um, going oh, through, yeah. and I mean, we're, we're talking about Raul here. Um, but anyone listening in, um, other families who are, you know, struggling and especially first responder, um, who's struggling out there and you think that you're hiding it really well from your family think again yeah. um, because you're not and, and they're also struggling too and um, it's it's hard to be able to paint that picture to a first responder because they think that they're they've out out thought or outdone the person before them who who's maybe struggling and they can fix it themselves and um, and I'm going to fix this and then I'll be okay or the route that you were going Raul um I'm going to go this route and I have this plan yeah. um, together. And I, I, I started thinking about, you know, your dad and, you know, you said he gave you a kick in the behind and, and sort of was in your face about it and he didn't let go on it. Well, thank, thankfully your dad did that. Right. And s- stood still. Right. Because I think that in, in first response, if it had been one of your peers, like you said, one of them said to you, Hey, I, I noticed yeah, that, but if it had yeah, been one yeah, of your yeah. peers, really, that approached you and said, I noticed something wrong with you, you probably would have lost, that fellow would have lost a friend and probably gained uh, yeah, an enemy, yeah. right? Right, right. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, you know, uh, my dad is probably one of two people that could have done that to me. And, and both, uh, the, the other person's a family member as well. I'm not sure I would have listened to anybody to the job. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I am sure 
I'm sure I would not have listened to anybody at the job. Yeah. Um, it just, it just wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have gone right. Hell, I didn't listen to my dad. I mean, and, and if you put it yes. in that, yes. I didn't listen to what he said. Yeah. I, mean, I told him to go to hell. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, and, and that's what I'm getting at. If I was, if I was willing to tell my dad to go to hell. Yeah. You know, you lost your damn mind, old man. There's no way somebody from the job was going to tell me. Yeah. That something was wrong and I need to get some help. It is just, sure. I would not have listened to that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, real lucky in that in that regard. Yeah. yeah, and that would have started created even more tension. I feel you know in, oh, yeah. in the position that oh, you yeah. were in, um, with that other. And there's probably other people that didn't notice, but were probably afraid to say it to you. Very, you know, very, very likely. Um, you know, that's that's the whole alpha dog thing that we talk about. You know, and being on the SWAT team and being the, you know, we we're the ones that the police call when they have when they're in trouble. All that kind of shit that you hear. You know, so uh, yeah, very likely that people could have seen something yeah. wrong with yeah. me. But man, I'm not gonna go approach that guy. Right. Yeah, but I'm. Saying, uh, listen. Hey, you know, yeah. After yeah. the day I saw you do your workshop, listen, I know how you can use your voice. You made me jump just by you speaking. So listen, I know these other guys are not gonna approach you either. They were feeling the same way I was just by you raising your voice. So I think that yeah, if you were in their face and said, "Mind your own business," um, mind your own business. Right. Keep yourself right. to yourself. There's nothing yeah. wrong with me. Um, they would have said likely, that very likely would have been the, the response. So I'm, I'm, you know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not extremely religious, but I do believe in God, you know, and, uh, and, and I have a relationship with God, but I believe it happened the way it's supposed to happen for me, you know, yeah. and, and that's, that's what, uh, you know, that's, that's the way I look at it. So, um, you know, I'm glad that, uh, my dad did what he did. I'm glad my dad did back down. He, he very well could have. Yeah. He you could know, have. He very well could have been okay. You sure you're okay? Okay, yeah. all right. And, yeah. And drove yeah. on, and, and I, you know, but he just knew that no, we're gonna, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna make sure you're okay. It's not just you giving me your word. We're gonna make sure. We're gonna yeah. go. We're gonna do something. And he didn't know what we were gonna do, but he knew we we're gonna do something. You yeah. know, and, and you know, we were able to find some help. So, so the therapy that you started um, was a conventional therapy, like sitting down in front of a person talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trauma therapist or regular therapist. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, why are you so laughing? I've been, a, I, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's funny shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, in the police department, whenever you're involved in a critical incident, you know, you have to go to, uh, EAP, which is a therapist, you know, uh, the city has them in their role decks, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I've been involved in three different incidents. And um, so first two times, you know, I went and, and the, it was pretty cookie cutter, you know, and I was younger and uh, told them what they wanted to hear. I think I was okay back then, you know, I, you know, second one, maybe I was, you know, anyway, I was fine though, I think. But uh, this last time when Pulse happened, uh, I go in there and, you know, Therapist just, you know, oh, you're here for pulse. Yeah, you, you, you've got to be messed up. You know, you can't see. And I'm thinking, how do you know I'm messed up and we haven't spoken yet? Like, how do you know? So I shut down, you know, I, you know, okay, just ask your questions. I'll answer them, you know, and get me the hell out of here. Um, mm. we, uh, uh, we weren't, I wasn't the only one. Apparently, there was a few of us that had the same experience. Um, so 
we complained. And uh, I say we complained, the complaint came up and they asked me, like, yeah, you know, I was pretty shitty too. So uh, Chief, you know, kudos to him. He, uh, he, he knew that he didn't know the answer. But he got some people that knew how to find the answer. And he said, I'll move the mountain. You just go tell me. Go get the help, and I'll move them out. I don't want to hear no. So, and we found a, a place over here called UCF Restores at University of Central Florida. They have a it's it was a veterans uh, program, and they uh, opened it up to first responders. And so, and they were all you know culturally competent, you know, deal with trauma. So we went to go talk to them, and and long story short, I ended up going back to them, and that those are the people that you know help help me out and uh i i got a lot i just saying a lot of shit out loud that i had bottled up in me mm. yeah you know, and, uh, and that was that was a big deal for me and then you know uh giving me some skills to kind of realize identify my triggers uh and and, and how to deal with them you yeah. know and, and how to kind of function through that process uh that's what I needed, you know, and, and that that was huge for me to kind of say some of those things. And, and we had to kind of go back, uh, you know, as they think about therapists, boy, they, they're going to bring you back to your childhood and, and, and you know, peel that onion back. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of, lot, of, lot of hard conversations, but shit that I had to say mm-hmm. out loud and, 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 and just deal with, yeah. you know, that I never dealt with before. Um I didn't have to do EMDR, uh, which is that, you know, crazy voodoo, but it works. Um, you know, crazy <laughs> voodoo. Yeah, as I, I call it voodoo, but it works. It works. Um, I mean, I know many of people that, uh, you know, have done that, but I tell people, uh, you know, I, we, we got to do what works for you. We got to do what makes you happy. You know, uh, uh, we have the saying, I'll try behind the badge, uh, you know, it's one of the things when people call me from all over the country, you know, and, 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 and I am, I am just humbled by that when they call looking for help. One of the first things I ask is, you know, what can we do right now to make you happy? To, 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 to get you through the day, what can we do right now? And if you tell me you want to go find, you know, juggle some chicken balls, I'm going to go find a chicken for you. We're going to juggle some damn balls. So and I don't care what it is. We're going to make, if that's what it is, we're going to make, I'm, we're going to find it and make you happy to get you through the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the same thing goes for, for, for therapy and, and for, you know, not every therapist is for you. Yes. Not, not every, not every, uh, not every therapy is for you. You know, yes. uh, you know, you may be, you may be one that likes to go, you know, we're going to do some alternative therapy by going out into the woods and meditating and having a therapist out there or a peer support, then go do it. Let's go, let's go make that happen. I will, I don't, I don't know all the answers. I think you guys heard, but I have a network of people yeah. around, you know, and, and two of them being Linda and Jada. I, hey, mm. I know some people in mass. Yeah. Yeah. You're, 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 yeah. I know some people. You know, and I'm making, and it's likewise when you have somebody from Florida, you know, that, that needs some help. Hey, I happen to know a guy yeah. in Florida, mm. you know, that's, let's, you know, that's the whole thing. It's not, it's not cookie cutter. We got to find what makes, what works. Yeah. Everybody. Yes. And that's, that's the beauty, Raul, is that, is that, yeah, there's, there's so, there's so much 
resources mm-hmm. available, right? And all different. That's why there's so many different things available to be able to help someone, right? Is because there's not just one one shoe fits all, right? And it, it's different for everybody, and everyone has different feelings. Everyone needs something different, and and experience is different. And what works for one, maybe they can share it and say, "Well, this is what worked for me." And my right. own experience might not work for somebody else. And that's why there's so many and and all different resources. And especially in mental health and, and first response, right? I mean, it's big now. I mean, it's it's like big uh, as far <laughs> as the need, the need, mm-hmm. um, you know, for all of these different resources and modalities to be able to help others. Because, yeah, everyone is different and unique in themselves. One of the things that um, blew me away um, watching you and your presentation um, when you were speaking is that, I mean, every time you said it, I I was like like gulping back because um, you you were talking about the the Pulse nightclub um, incident um, that mm-hmm. was there, and you shared very vividly. I mean, you painted a picture. You had all the the screens up on the you know inside the the club and outside, and you were sharing with us. And I mean, I I mean, everyone should, if you if you if you can get a chance, um, and you and you see these guys, Doug and Raul, um, from Survive First workshops going around. Make sure you attend because d- definitely eye opening. But for me, listening to you and you were talking about your peers and. Uh, other guys who were on the scene and um, after the fact and each time he came up and, and said anyone checking on him? Did we check on him? Yeah. Did we check on him? <laughs> and it like just sort of left me sitting there in, in my seat um, because you know as you said that you guys went to restore right and and you 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 got help that you need and there was a few other people that needed to to get help after that one. That was a, a, a really, really tough one um, to sort of not be shaken up by um, the, the whole thing. But, you know, the people that six months after, I mean, there was a lot of, of SWAT team that were probably affected that immediately. But then if there's someone still affected by it three months and six months and a year later, you know, are we checking up on them? Are we, yeah. are we checking up on them? And... That point that you got across, I mean, just by those few words that you were saying, are you checking up on them? Yep. Really, uh, you're relating with me, Jay, saying that? Um, that hit you too? Yeah, yeah, it sure did. I loved the way that, that you kept going back to it too. You you brought it into different segments of the conversation. Yes. And, yeah. and uh, it really resonated with me because I believe in that. I believe in checking on our people. And I also believe in the subtle changes to the way that we have conversations amongst ourselves in the first responder community. I think Linda brought up a very interesting point earlier when she was talking about like that command presence that you brought in a few times, right? That, that inflection, that's something that helps us hide amongst ourselves. I know, you know, for myself, when I was struggling, I'd still be pointing with my whole hand at the scene of a structure fire. And, um, you know, I think that oftentimes uh, we'll get looked at and guys that, you know, men or women that we work with that might be, wondering might have noticed some things it's like well he's still look at him look at he's still he's a lieutenant he's he's doing his job he's he's um you know so but then when we bring when we bring that 
into a conversation with our family members, mm-hmm. what, that's the, we don't get the same response, right? Now it's a domestic, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? So, so, and then we get into something else that I, that I thought that you said that was really interesting or very important is finding that right therapeutic modality, finding the right thing, because you got to be comfortable, right? Because now these things, these tools that we've used to uh, hide things, not just from other people, from ourselves, right? I've always been able to drive on. It'll happen again. I'm in a funk, whatever. I'll get through this. So I'm hiding it for now. And we take charge and we, you know, focus on those things that we have to. Um, And now we're in a new place and, and joking uh, about trauma and tragedy doesn't work in this quiet room with this person staring at me that's here to talk about my feelings. And I don't know how to do that because I stopped having them a few years ago, and that's terrifying. Um, and I think all of those things really come together, and, and specifically to the comment you know, that Linda was just making about, like, did we check on our people? It seems subtle, but in that presentation, it was very impactful to yeah. me. And I think that concept can and will be impactful to the community and the change that we're trying to see take shape because if there's a physical injury right like i know in the fire service or the military and i'm sure with the police uh you know when something happens where there's clear reason to question whether somebody you know uh, a co-worker or somebody under your command may be physically injured it's 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 an instinct. It's a command reflex to bring them in to the incident command system. There's, you know, steps we go through immediately. Is this man or woman, did they break their leg? Uh, you know, there was an explosion. Do they have a head injury? Let's get the medics over here. There's steps that just boom, 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 and it flows. And what are we doing? We're taking care of our people. What's the first thing we are? You okay? Where does it hurt? Right. And uh, we're a culture that, for reasons that make sense, uh, we don't talk about our feelings. And that's, that's been okay. But now we know that there's a better way. And it's things like, hey, did you check on your people? Did you check on your dispatches? You know, did they feel helpless listening to mm. this, that, and the other thing happening in the background? Mm. Because how do they feel? They may be minimizing themselves. I don't want to talk about it because this person was there and they dealt with um, but then what happens when we don't check on our people? Well, that drives on with us. And now at the next call, we got people that are less mentally aware, less, less present. They're screwed up in the head is, is, you know, however you put it, that's, that's how I, uh, ultimately, uh, became. And it takes away from the mission. It takes away from the organization. It takes away from our ability to do our job and our ability to enjoy life, um, and nowadays we know that there's a better way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So I love that. I love, did you check on your people? I loved yeah. It. Did we Thank check you. On- That's a big deal for us. Um, you know, I, I, you've hit everything on the head and, and it's funny how you brought up the uh, physical injury part. You know, we can see that. So it's really yeah. easy. You know, the mental injury part is stuff that we don't see and don't, we're doing better now acknowledging it, but we didn't acknowledge, you know, so much in the, you know, in the, last few years or 10 years or whatever, you know, whatever the number you want to put on it. But, uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we've got to be our, own, you know, each other's keepers, you know, we've got to look after one another and, and we've got to, got to check on one another. I, mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't know other way to put it. You just got to check on one another. You got, and you got to continually do it. You know, mm-hmm. you can't, we're notorious for the, you know, how are you fine? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're notorious for that. So it's got to be a genuine check, you know. And, yep. and uh, 
I, I can get deeper down that damn rabbit hole, mm. so I'll leave it. <laughs> so, so Raul, you you guys have yourself and Doug. I know Doug wasn't able to get on because he's traveling, yeah, right? Yeah, and we yeah, were hoping we I've were looking on the phone trying to text with him, and he's having all kinds of issues. So go ahead. So. You, you can tell him you missed out talking yeah. to Linda and Jay. <laughs> um, but ba- but basically, um, but the thing is, is that you know. When you when you think about you know what you guys are doing, you 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 have survived for us together, right? Tell us the mission behind that, like going through um, your own um, personal stuff, and then Doug going his own personal stuff. You merge together, put this organization together. Tell us the mission behind it, and help us help our listeners yes. be able to find you guys to reach out to you guys, and then also sure. we can go from there. For sure, for sure. Um, so Survive First is absolutely Doug's baby. It's, it's his, his brainchild. Um, through his uh, journey, his mental health journey, he kind of, you know, that's that's how what uh, um, inspired him to go ahead and, and, and start the foundation. Um, what Survive First does, and, I, and I'll, I'll say it the same way he does, we try to take the no out of the process of finding, you know, help. Mm-hmm. So, and, 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 we, we use the word help and because uh, it's just so broad as hell, right? So, because that's what we mean. Whatever whatever help you need, we're going to try to take the no out of the process and make sure you can get that help um, by, by building a network of resources that we know of around the country, uh, whether it's therapists, alternative therapy, uh, uh, relaxation stuff, massage stuff, yoga. I don't care what it is. Yeah. We have somebody kind of into it and we can find help. Um, and even if it comes to financial help, if you need some financial help, if you know, uh, you know, we find you a treatment center, but uh, the plane ticket is going to cost a thousand dollars because you got to go tomorrow. Here's a thousand bucks to go. You know, so we can do things like that. So um, that's what Survive First does um, is basically, and, and, you know, the website's going to be a whole lot more eloquent on everything, but we just want to make sure that we're connecting the first responder to the resources that they need to get help. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what we do. So, and the way to find us is www.survivefirst.us. Okay. And it's just that easy. Yeah. So we're right there. And uh, uh, if you need some help, there's a form in there. You got to fill out. If you, if you need, uh, we get a lot of calls for uh, some financial help because people go, do go to treatment centers and they go there. You find a therapist and there's a little bit of a, you know, just like everybody, when your mind gets twisted, when you get to that point that you, you know, you're, you're at the uh, rock bottom, so to speak. Um, a lot of times financially, you kind of mess oh. it up too. So we understand that. So we do get a lot of call for financial help. So there's a form you got to fill out for that. Um, and, and, and it, you know, you go through the form, it takes like 10 minutes, maybe at the, at the, at the high end. Uh, it's pretty self, self-explanatory and goes in front of the board and it gets approved. And, uh, you know, you get your money and it's all anonymous. Um, you know, there's, there's no, no name. Well, you gotta put your name in it, all that stuff's redacted and, and, and nobody knows your name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, just that simple. I mean, yeah. and it was because of, you know, because of Doug and his, uh, I'm not going to tell his story, but his journey into that world. So he ended up going to a treatment center and that whole, uh, navigating that was just crazy for him, yeah. you know, uh, uh, 
he's just like, there's gotta be a better way. Yes, you know? absolutely. Yeah. And so I ended up, we got together. I was talking one time, uh, doing a presentation, tactical presentation on the Pulse nightclub thing. And, uh, he happened to be in the audience and, wow. uh, saw him speak and, um, he just, he reached out, you know, and, uh, and they, they, you know, took me under his wing and, and, you know, he's helping me fly and uh, hopefully I'm helping them, you know, fly as well. So that's how we kind of got together. And, uh, I'm just going to keep going here. We, we also have trauma behind the badge. This is our little podcast. Yeah. It's, uh, we do it on usually on Tuesdays at seven o'clock. Um, uh, and we do much of the same with what you guys are doing. We kind of, we talk to people from around the country. Sometimes we talk amongst ourselves about whatever topic may be coming up at the, at the, at the time. Yep. Uh, and I, I selfishly, like I say this all the time, I selfishly, uh, get to sit there and listen to people I can relate with and just kind of yeah. listen, you know, uh, yeah. and you always get to pick something out and you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, yeah. and, and that, yeah. And that just kind of, <laughs> and, and it, and it helps me. I mean, and I, I tell people all the time, I, I, I feel selfish because uh, I, I, I it's, it's a little bit of therapy for me every time, mm-hmm. you know, to do the podcast. So, and that's why you'll never hear me say no when, when you know, when you guys ask me, I, yeah, you, you know, we'll figure it out. I will make some time. We'll, we'll do it. So, thank um, you. yeah. So thank you. No, thank you for having me. So, yeah. I, I, you know, anyway, I'm sorry. I just, I, I appreciate you guys. I really do. Oh, so thank you. I mean, yes. I mean, as we shared off, off air, you know, Coming to do this podcast was through my own loss, right? And and Jay being a first responder. Um, but for for myself losing Alex, you know, five years ago in October, um, as a first responder, very quickly learned that um, there was a lot of other first responders struggling and and not sharing, and uh, not talking about it within the departments. And um, the rate of suicide. I mean, that's not just my own, um, you know some of what's going on but the data that's out there for first responder suicide um collected by first help is an organization i'm very involved in um as a suicide loss survivor where they help families um you know get through the aftermath of losing a first responder to suicide and and also by honoring honor them by how they lived and not by they died um because it's very different protocol in departments how they honor a first responder after they die by suicide rather than in the line of duty. But more first responders die by suicide by their own hands than in the line of duty. And um, and that needs to change. There's, so there's still a huge issue um, with this. It's something I'm very, 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 very passionate about is mm. that it, it, change is happening. And we know change is happening slowly isn't, very isn't there a couple of states that just changed that i think the, the first two i think in the whole country um, yeah oh shit where was it not 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 massachusetts though right no for what what you what what are you talking about what are you talking about that change? in reference to changing suicide to being an in-line of duty death um not massachusetts no there's like one or two states it just started this past year doing that. That's 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 our yeah. second show. You have me back. We'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Massachusetts, <laughs> yeah. Around the country, they, there was a law just passed that, um, but there is criteria that um, they have to fall into certain, if they're eligible, if families are eligible for, you know, after a suicide, if it's, 
if it's if they're going to get benefits or or help afterwards. Um, and right. I know that's around the country, but there is definitely also you know some stipulations to that. Um, but yeah, it still needs to change. I mean, there's still first responders dying by suicide. So obviously, you know, there's different areas and different departments that are different. We have some great administrators and a great departments who are very, very supportive in their men and women and getting them the help. And and you, as you know, um, and Jay knows, and anyone who's listening who's a first responder, you're in a, a, a job who where you're going that's what you're in right you're in a trauma work environment and you're going to experience trauma um effects right i have effects of that and um whether it might come out with you know mental health that you might have but you might be actually hitting the bottle a little bit more um or a lot more and hiding it and or those outbursts um whatever it might be all of those financial burdens and all, all of that stuff. It might come out in that way and then you're not recognizing it. That, hey, maybe I'm experiencing something. Um, so, but it is still a, a, a crisis, um, I would say, uh, in mental health world. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing and we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. Yeah. And, um, and there wouldn't be a need for it. But there is a need. And more and more, there's so many of this type of stuff popping up everywhere. And I'm so glad that there is a lot more brave, strong men and women around the country um, who are like, no, I want to talk about this now. And it might be after you're retired, um, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. You're still doing it because you're still finding a passion to help others and a need um, that needs to be addressed. So we want to make sure that, you know, all force responders out there know that you're not weak when you go and speak up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Be your own advocate for yourself um, to, to speak up. You are strong. You are a leader when you go and seek help. And you're also helping yourself, but you're also helping your families and someone else who loves a first responder. Um, I mean, I could go on and talk and talk about that and be very, um, have a lot of conviction in, in when, I, when I say those words, because um, I mean them from my heart. Um, Jay, you want to chop in? Um, thank you so much, Raul, yeah. for coming on and, and sharing your story with us and, and uh, the mission that, that you have now. I agree with Linda. I was I was very surprised at the strength that I felt when I finally reached out for help because that's not what I expected, right? I needed to – I uh, I thought that I was trying to stay strong, um, and then when I finally got to a point of uh, beginning to heal, uh, that was uh, – I mean, I, I was very surprised to be feeling a, a sense of strength uh, mm-hmm. as as I, you know, began to navigate some some emotional recognition first and, and then and then some uh, some recovery. But I, abs- I I love listening to you speak. I loved listening to you speak at that presentation and um, feel that it is a privilege to have you on the podcast here today, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I, I yes, and I just want to also say that um, Doug and Raul um, survive first. They go out to lots of different departments if yes. if, if you want them to come in, right? Um, yes, Westford Police Department um, brought you in, and then lots of different agencies were able to come around and be able to do that. So educational um, seminars for different departments. One of the things you have is knowledge is power, 
and um, knowledge is power. And, you know, you believe that education is key to that, right? So educating people and, and departments and first responders to be able to seek help. And you're providing that education, that tool um, to empower others to go and seek help and let them know they're not, they're not weak. So we thank you for that, sir, for your service and your continued service. Um, and Doug, and we hope to have you both back on again yeah, um, sometime. We'll get, we would we'll love to. Away, so. <laughs> yeah, we, we would love to have you back on and, right. and speak a bit more because there was a lot more about um, the Pulse um, nightclub shooting yeah. and how that yeah. affect on everyone. We have the how you merged with the Quill Foundation. Um, there's so much more to talk about your your yes, organization. Yes, absolutely. I, well, let's set it up. Um, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta go right, right yeah. now, but yeah. let's set it up for a second show. I am in, I'll get Doug squared away. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for thank having me. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Have a great day, and thank we're you. we're gonna have you guys on trying behind the badge, so be ready. Okay, absolutely. absolutely. Raul shared with us the awareness that he carried as he began to experience changes to his mood and demeanor. He spoke openly about a dangerous increase in risk-taking behaviors. It's worth noting that when we avoid dealing with the impacts of a traumatic event or critical incident, we invite the progression of symptoms and an increase to unhealthy coping mechanisms. As Raul said in the interview, we didn't talk about it. We had bad calls, then we got ready for the next call, and we did not talk about it. So, his symptoms progressed. Raul says that during that time, his father may be the only person that could have gotten through to him, convinced him to seek help. Well, Raul's father did recognize the changes that he saw in his son. He expressed his concern, and he did not give up on him. If you have a first responder in your life that you care about, a family member, a friend, and you notice a change in their behavior, if you're worried about them, let them know that. Let them know that you care. If you're a first responder, try to be mindful to check on your people, be it family, friend, or coworker. You might be that one person who's able to reach them during a time of need. So please do, and when you do, Don't give up on them. Till next time. Till next time.